0: And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today, we are here with the great Vasu Kulkarni. Vasu, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Sure. I don't know if I'm great, but uh, I'm Vasu. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you've been a tremendous help to me and my brother Jeff. You know, um, even as as we started getting more entrepreneurial, it was funny, Jeff was just in the doctor's office, he pulled up a 40 under 40, saw your name, your picture, and he said, hey, this guy went to 10, and you were always extremely helpful for us as we were growing and transitioning our business, so I got to thank you for that, first of all. Yeah. Any, anytime, always always happy to help a fellow Quaker. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, we appreciate it. So let's let's take it from the top, you always had a strong passion for basketball, and then you were able to transition that into a career. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've always been a kid who, who, uh, you know, one was entrepreneurial from the time I was probably five years old. I've been trying to make money. I would uh, you know, I, I, I was the kid selling candy and the kid selling, you know, pirated videos and movies and and I've, I've definitely done some illegal shit, but I was, you know, five to, Five to fifteen. I'm sure I did stuff that today is definitely not considered kosher. But I always had that mindset of, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta be able to take care of myself. And then I think, you know, after Penn or at least during Penn, I realized um, that I, I certainly was not cut out for the nine to five job. I'm just not that guy. You know, I I wouldn't wake up till noon on campus and I'd go get a burrito and basically wait for everyone else to come back from class and I'd be at the at the basketball court shooting hoops. And so. I think very quickly, I realized that, you know, getting a corporate job where I was expected to be somewhere at, at you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, that that just wasn't going to fit my lifestyle. And I, I was probably going to get fired pretty quickly. Um, but and then on the other side, like, I've always been a guy who just does only what I love. And, and I'm either all in if I love it, or I'm all out. There's, there's only, it's really only two gears that I have on things. And so for me, I realized that basketball and technology are sort of two things that I'm passionate about. Um, and that if I couldn't somehow continue to work in basketball in some capacity, I was going to be pretty miserable for the rest of my life. And obviously, I, I wasn't good enough to be a, a pro athlete, so so that was out. Um, and so the next best thing was to sort of use my computer science degree and and my my love for technology to try and build something in basketball. And that was sort of how crossover got started. That uh, was you know almost 12 years ago, and basically built a software platform for basketball teams to make better use of data and analytics. And, uh, you know, here we are 12 years later, ran that for eight, sold it, uh, moved over to the venture capital side and continue to invest in sports related companies now. So I've kind of managed to keep that basketball theme going in my life.
0: That's awesome. Talk about the mindset and how the similarities between because you had to have the discipline, you had to have the work ethic to, to become successful in basketball to to hone your skills to improve and then also transferring that to business talk about that a little
1: yeah i mean you know i, I wish people had told me growing up what or how hard you actually had to work to be you know a college athlete and a, and a pro athlete i didn't know you know i thought i thought going out and and shooting hoops every afternoon in the in the hot blazing sun in india was good enough to be a pro athlete one day. I didn't I didn't know because there were, there were no comps. And so, you know, everything comes back to, you have to be able to measure yourself. If you can't measure, you can't get better. And the problem for me growing up in India is that there was nothing for me to measure against. There were no coaches who had ever sent someone to play college basketball in the US. And so, you know, we thought we were working hard and we thought we were getting better, but I didn't know any of that until I got to Penn you know, tried to make the team and eventually walked on as a senior and played JV for a season. But, but I remember, you know, the first time we got to practice, uh, my coach at Penn saying to me, you know, you, you guys are out there playing pickup at the gym for three hours at a time, and, and you're not even tired. He's like, you play you play 10 minutes of basketball at game speed, and you, you literally will be finished. And, and I remember the first time I got put in a game I lasted 90 seconds at the Palestra before I was like, coach, I need a sub. And and that was the first time I realized, you know, how hard you really have to work uh, to to, to get to that next level. And so for me, you know, luckily basketball was a passion. I I love going out there and shooting hoops. And so, you know, I finally made the team as a senior just because I loved it so much that I put in the time and effort. But when you don't really love something like that and you still have to be great at it, know, that's where it gets harder. And, you know, so for me moving into business, a couple of changes that I made in my life, you know, I stopped drinking entirely, no alcohol, I haven't had a sip of alcohol for probably the last eight years. Because I just believe that, you know, you can't be of clear mind, and working in in late at night, if you're having drinks, and then you wake up in the morning, and you have a foggy head. And, And again, it's not that, you know, I'm not saying don't drink ever. But for me, Uh, to be able to do the things I want to do. I can't wake up and be groggy in the morning. Um, And and also, you know, for a period of time um, early on in my career, I was playing basketball at 530 in the morning every day because there was no time the rest of the day to hoop. And so I would wake up at 430, 445 stretch and get to the courts at 530 and hoop for an hour and a half. And you can't do that again if you're drinking and if you're if you're not healthy. And so, you know, I'm a believer in, in more than anything to be successful at business. You need to have a healthy lifestyle. You need to sleep seven to eight hours a day. Um, you need to eat well. You need to exercise. To me, those things are what will allow you to be successful at business. The, the rest of it will just come, but you, you got, your body's got to be ready um, in order for you to have the mindset to then be able to be successful.
0: Right. You got to have that energy and you can't compromise that. You got to be coming out of the blocks hard from the morning until night. It doesn't stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Now, um, with entrepreneurship, everyone first thinks about risk. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to have a lot of risk. So we talked a little bit about the uh, maybe the the physical side, the discipline. Talk about the the mentality and the emotional approach and emotional control towards risk.
1: You, you got to have, a, you know, a, an iron gut is what I say. It, it's not for everyone. I mean, you know, if you want to make money in this life, you can make money a lot of ways. And a lot of those can be risk averse ways. And you can go get a nice job and work your way up. And eventually, you know, if you have a pen degree, especially like 10 years in, you'll probably be making a million bucks a year working at a bank somewhere. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but you know, you, you kind of have to put in your time and you got to do the, the nine to nines for many, many years. And and the whole, the whole way you're doing things that you don't really enjoy and you don't feel like you're doing anything for yourself. You always feel like you're working for someone else and, and trying to enrich someone else. And for me, the thing that's allowed me to still work 12, 14 hours a day and not feel burnt out is that I'm always doing something that one, that I love and two, that I know is directly growing my equity and, and I'm working for myself. And so ultimately at the end of the whole process, I could go to zero. That's, that happens 99% of the time in entrepreneurship is you end up with a big fat zero, and, but, but you have to be okay with that. You you have to say, look, I'm doing, I'm, I'm in it for the journey and the end result could be a huge windfall or it could be nothing, but it's okay. As long as I enjoyed the process all the way through, um, and and so to me, that's how you, from a mental mindset standpoint, I think that's how you as an entrepreneur want to approach it is not, okay, I, all my eggs are in this basket. And if I fail, holy crap, you know, my life is over. No, that's not, that's not the way to think about it. The way to think about it is you're getting to do something you love every day. Hopefully you're going to make a lot of money along the way. And then at the end of it, one day there'll be a ton of money, but that if that day doesn't come, you've got to be complete completely okay with it. Um, and, and, and and so I've always approached it that way. And and I have no expectations of money on the other side. I, my expectation is I want to enjoy building things. I want to enjoy watching people use my products and bringing joy to their life or making their life easier. And if that all leads to riches at the end of it, that's awesome. And if I get unlucky and it leads to nothing at the end of it, that's cool too, because every single day I woke up. And I had a lot of fun, I had a smile on my face and I did what I loved, I was working for myself. I wasn't working for anyone else, right? So to me, that's the mindset you wanna have because that allows you to, to almost look at the risk as an opportunity, not so much as a risk and to just say, okay, yeah, of course there's risk, but that's fine. Like it, it could end up with nothing, but I don't, I don't care. And I think that's the mindset you have to have. Otherwise, it's very easy to put 10 years of your life into something and on the flip side of it, you walk away without a dollar and now you're depressed, and you're suicidal, and you're going, I can't believe that's what I did with my life. And you start to ask all these questions. I, I think that's, that's a problem. And so I, I always, every single day, I, I remind myself that I'm lucky to do what I do. Life could be so much worse. And, and regardless of what the financial outcome is, I'm having a great time. I got a roof over my head, two square meals, get to shoot hoops. It's all that matters.
0: That's great. Now, one of the mistakes I see a lot of people in applying that, you, you know, like, and I'm sure you've seen this certain friends, acquaintances, they have this kind of high in, high in the sky, high apple pie, whatever you call it, dream, and it's just like, you're not going to be able to really monetize this. I mean, is it possible? Yes. But it just really doesn't look realistic. And while I like to always encourage people with their dreams, a lot of people I've seen, they've really run into problems because either they, they don't have the discipline they, they can't sell. They're not a hustler. They're not great at making a connection maybe with someone who can sell. And the idea is just, it's, it's, it's going to be hard and they don't have that discipline for it. So just talk about that, I guess, that general scenario a little bit. What are your recommendations for people with that? And also, how did you know for yourself that, okay, yes, this is my dream, but I have the, the, the know-how and I have the, the, the physical and mental attributes to get this done. So while it is risky, it's not that much of a risk because it's in your wheelhouse. That makes sense. Well,
1: to me, yeah. I mean, to me, self-awareness is half the problem in, in all aspects of life, right? I say the same thing to people on a basketball court. I'm like, if you can't shoot, why are you jacking up threes? Like, you got to know what you're good at. Some, some people are shooters. Some people are rebounders. Some people are just on the court to play defense. you gotta, you got to embrace what you're good at and, and be self-aware. Uh, because if, if, the worst thing that can happen is that you think you're great at something and you're not. And now you're out there trying to spin your wheels, doing things that you should either be, um, uh, you know, sort of bringing someone else on to help you with or you just shouldn't be in the business at all. Um, and, and so I've personally felt like I've always been a fairly self-aware person. You know, you'll never see me on a basketball court try to go one-on-one and break anyone down and take you to the room. That's not my game. You'll never see me do it, right? doesn't matter if there's a 60-year-old dude on me at the gym. That's not my game. I'm well aware of what I'm good at. I'm, I'm a shooter, and I'm going to shoot the shit out of that ball. I'm not going to try to take anyone off the dribble. And, and I feel like the same thing holds true in, in business for me. I, I sort of know the things that I'm good at and, and, and that evolves over time. You know, certainly I've become far more self-aware. I know that there's you know, like having hard conversations for me wasn't my forte. Like if I, even if I knew someone was not doing a great job for some reason, I just felt like having that straight conversation with them became difficult for me. And, and so at a certain point, I went and hired a guy that 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 was great at doing that. And it changed my business dramatically because I was able to bring someone in to compliment me. Now, this person, you know, was not a visionary. He was not great at at rah ing the team and, and speaking to what where we're gonna go in 10 years. That's my job. I'm really good at seeing the future and getting people amped up about my vision, but I'm not great at being sort of a day-to-day in the weeds operator. And so I went and found someone who could do that and, and great things happen for our business. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that's what it's all about. It's about self-awareness and understanding what you're good at, what you're not good at, and, and making sure that there's people around you that can compliment you and, and help make up for your, for your weaknesses. Excellent. And then if,
0: if someone's in that boat, I guess now thinking just like my own personal experience with this, where I would say that's kind of very similar. I would look at myself more along the lines of you, and then the day-to-day operations become more of a challenge. Um, now, I guess the thing that maybe comes up, you think, well, if I bring someone in and you're paying someone else, that's that's a risk, right? And of course, they, now you're dealing with the whole risk thing again, but at the same time, it's freeing you up to do what you do. So it's not, maybe not focusing so much on the risk aspect of it, but what that's going to permit you to do, you're going to feel better. You're not going to be doing the things that maybe bog you down that you're not that good at. Is that how you'd approach that
1: mentally? Uh, Absolutely. I I think, you know, at a certain point, every entrepreneur needs to, needs to build their business in a way that if they got hit by a bus tomorrow, the company has to go on, right? The company can't end with a founder dying. Uh, or, or being incapacitated or wanting to leave. You, know, the, you, know, it, you, you always say c- country's bigger than, than the president and, and the, the administration and the company to me is always bigger than the people there. You, you always have to put company first and do the right thing for all the shareholders, not just for yourself as the CEO or a founder. And so you know, the, the ideal scenario in a company is you get it to a point where it's running without you and you have freed up your time to think about the future because what kills companies is the lack of innovation. If you sort of rest on your laurels and you think you've built a great business, I promise you, no matter who you are, whether you're Apple, Microsoft, Uber, or or, or a bakery, somebody is going to disrupt you. Somebody right now is working 10 times harder than you to disrupt your business and they're gonna come for you. Um, It's not personal, They're just building a better version of whatever you've built, right? And so you as a a CEO, your job is to think about three years, five years, 10 years down the line and figure out how you're going to keep innovating your business. And you can't do that if you're in the weeds 16 hours a day working. Um, And so I've always liked, I always like to try and keep my schedule free to the point where I've got a couple meetings a day, but the rest of my time is available a to think b to read and c to be available to any of my my team members who might need me and they don't have to wait three weeks to try and schedule a meeting with me because my 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 entire schedule is packed solid with me in the weeds on things and so that's how i've I've always tried to approach uh my, my role
0: that's awesome basu i always learn a ton talking to you that's great great information really solid there uh i guess last question would be if or maybe second to last question how would you what what are there any mental mistakes that you would see business and I you kind of hit on this a little bit already? Any mental mistakes you see business owners make that that it's it's so predictable, this happens all
1: the time that you'd want them to avoid? I think I think not you're sort of holding on to control and not being willing to give it up to anyone, right? That's the number one thing. And and I get it, it's your baby, right? It's literally like a child that you you have you've birthed and you you've fed and you you've raised that's what a company is and so it's really hard for founders to give up any sort of control um, and 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 that to me is a is a is a death knell because you know that that's when you start to uh, end up getting bogged down with every little detail and you can't give yourself any time to think about the future so it sort of leads into the same thing that i said before but i think it's about having that mindset where you have to be willing to give up control to other people that you bring on you have to trust your team at a certain point point. and i say if you don't trust anyone on your team to do the job then you've, you've either hired the wrong people or you've you're the problem and and you need to look yourself in the mirror and realize that you're the problem and that you're unable to give up control and and uh, and let other people do their jobs, and that's why your business isn't growing. So to me, that's probably the number one thing at a certain point, is, is being able to trust other people to, to almost carry the torch for you as the founder, um, and, and you eventually relinquishing some of that control that you invariably feel like you have to have over your business.
0: Awesome. Last question. Talk about your most recent ventures, and how can, how can people find more information about you and the things that you're doing?
1: Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm on the venture side now. So I run a a fund called courtside ventures, you know, courtsidevc.com. Um, we've made about 50, I think 53 or 54 investments now over the last, uh, four years that we've been, uh, we've been running a fund. We focus on, on tech and media companies in sports, fitness, and gaming, um, you know, traditional venture fund. We're looking for, you know, massive opportunities where you can build billion dollar companies, but within these three verticals, um, so yeah, I mean, if, if companies are seed stage or series A, so fairly early, we, we tend to be the first institutional money in coming with a million to $2 million check to, um, kind of strategically help grow these businesses. Um, so, you know, anyone who's, uh, interested can find us at, at courtside VC, or, you know, I'm fairly active on Twitter, uh, at Vasu. So, uh, those, those are probably the two best ways to find us.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for everything, Vasu. Great information today. Really solid.
1: Awesome, man. Always, uh, always a pleasure. All right. Thanks again. Take care. Cool. All right, man. I'll talk to you.
0: Bye. And that is a wrap from today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Winning Mindset. Make sure you guys go to our website. Make sure you go to zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you buy the book. The ebook is great, excellent information. Represents some of the great information that we've learned from top athletes working with some of the top teams and individuals all across the country. Go to our website. Zwinningmindset.com. Make sure you get the ebook. Also, make sure as an individual you sign up for the one on one free trial consultation. That's the one on one free trial consultation with one of our mindset coaches. The best results always come from one on one attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique, or whether it's mindset. One on one is always the best. Thanks for staying with, with us. Make sure you join us next time for the next episode. Mindset makes the difference. Have a great day.